All right, here we are. Welcome. Tuesday night, we're going to do a little new series. Just a couple weeks, a short series. And uh, start a brand new thing. And it's a hello for everybody out there who is watching it on. And a couple of vampires and bat boys are artist renditions. So. Brought to you by Felicia and Peter. <laughs> All right. So we are going to do a short two-week series. We only have, I think, four weeks left before the end of the year. Okay? Four, if I hold. I'm almost dropping my marker. Okay? So four weeks left before the end of the year. Uh, we have the costume carnival in next week, right? So that is come ready, wear a costume, be ready to help, okay, with the kids' games and things like that. Um, Why do we step on ring toss again? I don't know. You'll be wherever Pastor no, Olson puts you. Last time, everyone just repeatedly kept winning no matter what getting skills. All right. Really, it's like the it's okay. easiest game. It's all right. It's not the point of having lots of skill. So, just having fun. Okay? All right. So, we'll get started here. When I was about five or six years old, I think, roughly, I remember coming into my kitchen as a little boy, like I said, five or six years old, and walking by, and the table seemed like it was just about at my eye level, okay, as I was walking by. And my mother had been baking, and it smelled wonderful. What she was baking was chocolate chip cookies. And I went by, and every single time, it seemed like always when I said, can I have one? She always said, no, we're saving them for company, right? Or no, we're saving them for a special occasion or something else. And so I don't remember if I really asked that time, but I walked by and I looked at the cookies and she just said, can't have any. We're waiting for whatever. I don't remember what. And I walked back by again. And then I walked by and I saw my opportunity because they smelled so good. Oh, I didn't just take one and shove it in my mouth. I took a handful and I ran into my room with them and I shut my door and leaned against the back of the door <laughs> while I was shoving all these cookies in my mouth. They were awesome. They were great. But my mother obviously looked down and noticed a large portion of them gone. <laughs> Came in and followed me into my room, tried to get the door open first, you know, and it didn't open right away. Finally got the door open as I'm leaning against it as she pushes me up, you know. And, and there. there she says, did you take cookies? He said no. And of course, right, 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 no. I, of course I didn't take cookies except yet, yes, I, my face was covered with chocolate and there was no, and apparently she said, I was cute enough where I didn't get in major trouble, okay? So at the time, I guess, it worked for me. But it is interesting because I look at that way back when, when I was only five or six years old, and I've seen my children do very similar things many times. We all do those similar things, and they all come out of one thing, temptation. 
Temptation to get those cookies. I wanted the cookies. And I was going to do what I needed to do to get them. All right? So we're going to talk a little about temptation. Sometimes it seems like temptation is just too much to overcome. And you can't control yourself with your own self-control. But we're going to talk about that because you can control yourself. You can. There are some choices you need to make, but first you need to understand some things about temptation. All right? Now, I tell you that about the chocolate chip cookies, uh, not because it's a major thing and not because I think that Satan was standing next to me saying, take the cookies, take the cookies, all right? What made me want the cookies? The smell. The smell. And? That was it. We really smelled. That I couldn't have them. And isn't that? And, and I think I wanted the cookies even if I could have had them and I had them. But I did it anyways. Okay? I made a decision in my mind. Maybe the first time I walked by. Maybe the second or third time as I looked at those cookies and said, If I take them, she won't notice. Or if I take them, it's more important for me to have those cookies and get the taste than to worry about whether I get in trouble or not. Clearly, I knew I was going to get in trouble because where did I go? You're around. Right? I ran and I hid. And not only did I hide, I leaned against the door to make sure that she didn't come in. Why not just lock the door? Okay. Well, we had no locking of doors. <laughs> and even if we did, Wait, I had to listen. Wait, you have a room? Just take that so. against the door and sit in it. So... Temptation is one of those funny things, and I say funny by saying it's a strange thing in life in that everybody is tempted, but not everybody's tempted with the same things. They're very different. Yes, some could be tempted by greed, some could be tempted by power. Yep, there's lots of things, and we're going to talk about a few different things, but here's one thing to know. Temptation is specific. That's one thing we want to know. It's specific. I once heard somebody talk about how Satan uses temptations to pick people out. Now, how many of you have ever been fishing? All right. All right. You've all been fishing, and so how many of you have used the very same lure? And one time, everything went really well, and the next time, you got nothing. I don't really use the same when I switch it out every now. You switch it out. Do you always get success? No, I've only like got nope. one fish at your guys's like like one time, and then right. I didn't so here's the thing about it. All right, here's the thing about it. Be very careful. Satan knows and watches the human race in general. Okay. So here's where you have to be aware and be careful. Satan is very aware that there are things that will catch you sometimes and not another. You go out and you have this, we used to use things called hula poppers. I don't even know if they're around still anymore, probably not. What? Hula poppers, yeah. So they're like little tiny um, 
They're they're little tiny sort of fish looking things and they go along in the water, okay? Sort of. They don't really look like a fish, but they, they kind of Yeah. <laughs> it kinda of moves along a little but supposed to kinda of jiggle in the water and it look like it's so, actual fish for other fish. Supposed to look like something like that. And I have gone out fishing where that thing is hot and those fish are going. And they're catching on those one after another after another. And I've gone out next time. Seems like everything's the same. And those fish will not bite. They will not even bite. So they, well, I wouldn't even say that. They're just not interested. Now, also, if you're a fisherman, what's the best time to go fishing? When it's rainy because the water is actually more clear to see the fish. When it's rainy, okay, there's one way. Is there other times? In the early morning. Or sometimes right at dusk. Those are times when people say those are the best fishing times. Now, you can go out all day long. You can go out and sit in your boat all day long and not catch anything necessarily. If it's cold out, no fish. Sometimes, sometimes the fish come out when it's cold. Colder, they, like, they don't like the heat necessarily. Certain fish don't like to come up when the water's warm. Okay, and then other times you go and you catch like crazy. Yeah, like um, how purchase and yellow purchase can be found in summer, whereas rainbow trout can be found in the fall. Right. So timing is specific, and here's here's timing is specific. That's very important. Now there is a thing. There is a word that I've probably told you before. Halt is one of those words that's important to note about temptation. Halt means basically stop. It does mean stop. But this word halt I did in capital letters because it stands for hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Sort of like how I'm incredibly tired because I haven't sleeping in a week. So here is what would to be aware temptation. Like I said, timing is everything. If Satan is watching the human race and has been watching since Adam and Eve, he understands people. He understands how they react. He understands what they need. And guess what? Throughout the whole entire human race, he has tempted all of us. Well, he has. But throughout the whole entire human race, he's found strings of what works, right? Lures that work for lots of people. Now, might not work for you today, but it might work for you tomorrow. He also knows that when you're in these times in your life, they are the most effective. You are the most in trouble. When you are hungry... It's not just about convincing you to eat, because what happens when people are hungry? You ever heard hangry? People get hangry, right? Right, because they are right. It means when they get irritable. People get irritable when they get hungry. So, what do you think is a good time or good thing to do when when if he wants to take you down? He's going to get you to be angry at somebody. He's going to get you to be frustrated with somebody just because you have that simple bodily urge. And it's something that you need, right? 
God made you to eat. You need to eat every day of your life. If you stop eating for a week, well, you won't die in a week, but you'll die. Uh, you'll die in a few days without water, and you will die in like 40 days. That's pretty much the end of a human not eating, okay? A human can actually last about 4.5 days without water. Without water, yep. So it's not quite a week. It's a few days. But if you are hungry, he knows that you're vulnerable. Because what will you do? Anything to fill the need. Including theft and murder. Anything, right? And it depends on how hungry you are. So here's a funny story. I had a uh, friend I had that was in the Air Force. And they were taking him to do training. And his training was about survival. Okay? And so they were teaching them how to eat different types of things. And they, you know, during their trainings, they were like, well, here's bugs and you can eat this. And everybody's like, hey, bugs, that's disgusting. And then they fed them seagull one day, which, by the way, is probably one of the most disgusting meat you've ever eaten, okay? Not good tasting. The guys, when they ate it, just were puking and, oh, it was terrible. They, they said it was just awful. It was awful. Because they really just eat a lot of dead, picking dead stuff and terrible sea creatures and whatever they can get their hands on, okay? So, not a good... Seagull's not a good meat. But they made him eat it because they said, when and if you get hungry enough, you will eat anything. And everybody said, I ain't going to eat everything. And they said, well, just be prepared. So they took them out and they dropped them off in Alaska. Oh, that's got to be good. Now they gave them two weeks in Alaska. They dropped them off, and they had two weeks to get to a rendezvous point, which was many miles away. And they literally gave them the clothes on their back and a survival knife. There you go. They hacked each other to pieces. No, they did not hack each other to pieces. Every one of them went with the determination they would not eat stuff. They're like, I ain't eating bugs, I need this, I need that. And he said, for about two days... You're good. Maybe three days. He said, but in Alaska, at the time they dropped them off, there wasn't like a lot of food just crawling around. So after, after a short time, they started looking under rocks. For bugs. For bugs. And they said, those guys, every one of them, after three days, eating anything that moved. Anything that moves. Because you get desperate enough and your body takes over, okay? Now, Satan knows this. Satan knows you have weakness. He knows you have weakness, all right? So, what type of weakness do you have? Everyone has any Lots of different weaknesses. Everybody needs to eat, right? So, here's something. What's that? Did it? Oh, did it die all the way? Well, so... All right? So, if you're hungry, that's a problem. If you're angry, there's another problem. Now, when you get angry at somebody, say you get angry at your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your uncle, your aunt, whomever, and you think you've been treated unfairly, a teacher, 
you are vulnerable to sin at that point. And he knows, he's watching you to look and see. And he has God's when is she, when is she ready? When is he ready? Right there. When I'm going to take him out right there. I am going to put something in front of him right there to trip him up. Okay? Lonely is another big one. And probably when kids are young, they don't feel quite as lonely. But as you grow into a teenager and then into an adult, there are times where you have a lot of loneliness in your life. All right? When you're longing to start building relationships, whether it be friend-to-friend or boyfriend-girlfriend type things, eventually you get to the point where you say, well, it's time somewhere out there I should be looking for uh, somebody of the opposite sex. And then eventually along comes a time if you are one of those people where you don't meet anybody and you get older. And... All of a sudden, all your friends kind of have all come and gone, and they've all married, and you've gone to all these weddings, and all of a sudden, you're you're lonely. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's not God's will for your life, but it is certainly a time when you're lonely. You, the need for companionship in a human being is just as much and as strong, maybe even stronger than the need for food. Okay? It's a very strong, strong thing. Now, they did a... They did some testing, and I don't know where they did this because this is a terrible test that they did, all right? They did testing on a newborn baby. And they did the normal type of things where there's interaction between a mother and, uh, and the baby or parents and the baby, and they monitored that and for whatever reason there was a baby that they monitored that no one touched they literally changed the diaper and fed it not held it not touched it not the normal things that it needed it died and in a few short weeks it died Humans need interaction. It is a huge part of who we are. And whether or not we think so, whether or not we think we're too tough or we don't need other people or whatever it is, in the end, we do. In the end, we do need people. All right? Sometimes you just need one person in your life. A good friend is an important thing to have. All right? So that's another thing. And along with tired, okay? Tired is one of those things. And when you get tired, I get angry, I get short, I say things I wish I didn't say, because guess what? Who's there going, poking you, poking you, poking you, saying, I got you, I got you again, I got you again. You're easy, man, all right? You're easy, I'm taking you out. It's so easy to get you, I don't even have to work. I just let you do yourself. Want me to get that? No, it's fine. (laughs) All right, so these are things, temptation is very specific. All right. Let's. All right. Let's go to James chapter number one. James chapter one. After the book of Hebrews, the book of James chapter number one, 
verse number 13 and 14. As we look about temptation, where does it come from and what, how does it work? Okay. 13 and 14, please. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Verse 14, please. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and... Okay, so let's get this clear from the very beginning. James says, God does not tempt anyone. It is not God that is tempting people. You have within yourself your own physical nature, your own desires... And you and your own self can get yourself in plenty of trouble. God doesn't need to put you there, okay, to get you there. You can trip up and do the wrong thing all on your own. Is there times when Satan is there and would like to see you trip up? Absolutely. Okay? Well, he'll try again. All right? Believe me, he is way more... uh, able to get after you again and again and again and again and again. Okay? So Well, he'll keep trying. He's got your whole life. Well, maybe. I wouldn't say too many people do that. Maybe they've overcome some temptation and that that's good. So. Alright, so listen up, please. Alright. So where does it come from? Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. So, your very own lust. And enticed. What does that word mean, enticed? Entice somebody. You aggravate? Nope. Lure, simple. Lure, there's a good word. Like the fish lure, right? You look at it and say, that might taste good. Where that looks good, I want that. Little do you know, there are three-way hooks in it that when you bite on it, you're in trouble and it doesn't all of a sudden taste as good as you thought it would. Alright? But it appears really good. It appears like every other thing that's floating through the water if you're a fish, okay? And you want to eat fishy Ooh, things. a worm! Ah. Alright? So, it appeals to you Inside, you have specific desires. Every one of you has dreams. My dreams are basically me from zombies now. And your dreams, your plans, the things you want to do and be in this life, if you could have anything, there's nothing wrong with that. God gave you an imagination. God gave you creativity. God gave you a mind. To use. Now, that mind is very powerful. Including the temporal lobe, which actually And it was powerful enough. You remember way back when people were building the Tower of Babel, God looked at the people building the Tower of Babel and said, They're very smart people. They will do amazing things and they will literally destroy themselves and get 
they're so smart, they will use it for evil faster and faster and faster. And so he split them all up, giving them all separate languages, which frustrated them all and made them all walk away from each other, essentially, all right, and slowed down the process of sin. Right? Because when they began with one language and they all worked together, when they worked together, They're it was going yeah, it was going to be big trouble. They were stronger. They were Wait, very smart. Wait, if separated, then why don't they just write to each other in English? It says because they didn't understand each other's language, and God and most of them were just written languages at the time. Most were not, I mean, sorry, were spoken languages, not written languages at the time. Why not okay? learn how to be, English? Well, they did learn over time. They learned, but that took a long, long, long time. And especially when you all had to learn everybody else's language, they just got frustrated and left. Okay, and that was what God's intention was. Because they were frustrated and angry at one another. That's why. Okay? So. What God does, all right, when, when, we, when we are tempted, God gives us a way out. And we're going to talk next week specifically about the way out and things we do. But we need to understand this. Those little specific desires that we have are not sinful. There is temptation that comes to us. And a thought that rolls by in our brain. And that is not sinful. Yeah, like if a thought said... When a thought rolls by by your head... Like steal the bone. Right. Steal the bone, I guess. Okay. Okay. So when you get that thought that rolls by in your head, you have not been sinful. At some point, you decide to do something different. At some point, you say, well, I want to change this, and I want to do something a little bit different. And so my desire, my desire or my fantasy... Gets weaker and weaker while you get... No, it grows in my brain. I begin to entertain something else. I begin to think about that thought again. And again, instead of having it come into my head and say, nope, that's not one I want, and let it roll by, I bring it back. And I think about it a little bit. And I say, hmm, maybe that'd be nice. And then you can't control and, yourself. And then I think about it again, and then it might go away for a little while. And then very cleverly, it comes back again, and I think about it again. And it just doesn't stop, and eventually you end up doing it because temptation is too strong for you. Well, it depends on it depends on how much you entertain the thought. All right. Still, at this point, you've not made the choice. And You're thinking about it. And the more you think about it, the more opportunity your brain has and the more space it takes in your brain and the more you burn it in and the more it's going to come back. Okay? If you can release that thought the first time and just kind of flush it through and have something else you think about or some other process or some way that you work on it, some of which we'll talk about next time, if you can have that and pass it through, you can move on. But oftentimes we hang on to it and we think about it for a while. All right? So what's wrong with fantasy? What's wrong with imagination or fantasy? Well, fantasy is wrong because you're 
But I didn't say you end up doing it. But what's wrong with fantasy? Nothing really, but until you end up doing the temptation yourself. Nothing until you do it. The fantasy is a part of your imagination. Imagination is a gift of God. It's what has created a thousand things. Okay? It's what has created everything from an arrow, okay, to a pop bottle, okay, to Kleenex, to words on a page. Your imagination says, can't we do this phone. with it? To the phone? Everything. Everything. Even your own dreams come through your imagination. We're just saying. Everything that you have and everything that's around us, okay, is filled with ideas that came from people, and most are not bad. Yes, but dreams thankfully don't come from imagination, though. They come from your recent memories and childhood traumas. Are you an expert on dreams? I know that it's a fact from science. Okay. Well, there are some things definitely that comes, but I'm saying when you're when you are here and awake and thinking about things. Mind, imagining things. Mind entirely terrible, like I haven't slept in a week. Right, right. So so the temptation that you think about, and this is where Satan is very clever. He puts in there in your mind and says, here's what it would be like if you did this. He paints a picture for you, okay? And the picture he paints, the picture he paints is a lie, is a deception, okay? He takes something that is close and he twists it just enough. To alter it. So what is the truth? Well, here, John 8.44. Let's go to John 8.44, please. John 8.44. Please read that for me. John chapter 8. Yep. are of your... Father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do as he was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh the lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and a father of it. Alright, so Satan comes at you, and, he's, and, and you may have met people, or even heard of people, politicians maybe even, right? That all they do is lie. Everything they do is always has a twist on life, okay? It always has a twist on what they're looking at or, or thinking about, and they're, they don't quite tell the truth. Well, this is the way that Satan looks at things, okay? He looks at things and tells things through a lie, he has no intention of telling the truth. So when he tempts you, he begins with a lie. He paints the picture and says, hmm, this is really the way it is. But it's not. And it says he's got his own communication. This is Satan's communication. All right? Satan's communication is a lie. So let's look at something. There are several different things. Let's think about something that is a big problem today. Pornography. 
All right. That's a big temptation. It makes me want to Well, good. I'm glad. Okay. So, what is the approach? What's what's the approach of Satan there? Okay, lust, but something else. What's the lie? You can do this. What's okay? What's normal? Isn't sex normal? Didn't God make sex? Why? What did he intend? Isn't there men and women? Okay, but how do you know they're not married? Okay, they're not married to you. Okay. All right. Well, we'll start with that. Not married to you, which is not God's plan. God's plan, right? God has a plan, and he says, this is how you're going to do it. So what is the lie, though? It's fine. Sex is normal. It is, though. I'm telling you. (laughs) It is normal. And that's where it's just twisted. So what's the lie? He's telling you it's fine because it's normal, but it's not. But it is. I'm telling you. No, like what? Every married couple. It's very normal. God created it and he said, this is what I want you to do. In fact, he encouraged it. Yeah, and then they started... So what's wrong? No, where's the lie? What is Satan's lie? This is what, this is where I'm saying it's subtle. No, he's saying that this thing's fine because God said that sex was okay. So then it's fine that... But what's fine? What's the wrong part of it? The word fine. Okay. <laughs> no. Why not? First of all, they're not married to you. Sometimes it's a child. Sometimes they're underage. Okay. Yes, there are definitely perversions always. But just say, well, nobody's interested in that. We were just—it was just a man and a woman. So what's wrong with it? What's the? What's the problem? What did God say? This was his rule, right? Do it within marriage and, and go to town. You're not married to him. <laughs> right? So, you're not married to him, but what's the lie? You're still not answering. I can't really... Right, so if you don't have an answer, I'm trying not let to other people right try to answer and think. Don't just talk, but think. Why does God say only within marriage? Why did he make a rule? Because if it's, some, if it's in a different part of it or they're not even, you don't know who they are or anything about them, it's somewhat wrong. Why? <laughs> Why? You know nothing about them and you're just staring at them. It's just gross. <laughs> Yes, I'm not saying, all right? But, but what draws, okay, it's gross, great. So what draws huge, huge percentages of men and women to it then? It fulfills your sexual desires. Okay. Okay, so the lie is what? You'll be fulfilled. You're saying that with quotes in the air, all right, you're saying that you're going to be fulfilled, but the lie is this, right? I'm going to give you your desires. So what's the desires? Are they bad? Yes, most no, desires are bad. Well, I'm guessing 
probably a lot of them have to do with the lonely part, right? That's probably a lot of them. And people, many people even living in amongst big families and crowds are lonely. Many people. Okay? And this is a way that they can fulfill a need. It's a real need. So how does it fulfill it? Well, they look at it and, and they what's the lie? The lie is this will fulfill your needs without consequence. But that's not true. It's not true, right, because he's a liar. <laughs> I said that, right, from the beginning. It's not true. You're right. And yet, it draws people to it again and again and again. And you could say, well, I don't struggle with that. Well, watch out. Because there are plenty of other lures for you all in your life, okay? And me too. Watch out. Condemning people for what they struggle with versus making sure that you don't think better of yourself than of other people, okay? Your struggle may be, someone else's struggle may be disgusting to you and you can't believe that they do that. And yet... Your struggle might be disgusting to somebody else. The way you treat somebody, the way you say things to people, the way you think about people, jealousy, envy, and anger might be terrible to other people. Okay? So be aware and careful because God says this. Jesus came to earth and he said, make sure you pull the beam out of your own eye before you go help your friend with the little speck he's got in his. Okay, so be aware. This is not about, I know a guy. This is about, what am I, what subtle things is Satan doing for me and to me that I don't even notice? Okay, that's just one example. Okay, and that's a big one for many people out there. So, temptation always sometimes win, and most people in the end, somehow, temptation will always end up winning for one person, but... No, not always. And here's where you can learn. You can learn from God. Yes, it takes many, 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 many people down. But you can learn not to. It's probably more than that. It's probably more than that. <laughs> it's probably one out of one person at some times. Okay? It's probably everybody at some times gives in to temptation at different times in their life. Everybody hits this. So if you think you're above it and beyond it, beware. Because that is probably your temptation. Right? That is probably it. Yeah. We'll get into that in just a second, what that might be. Alright. So you here's what you can, you can have it now. You can have it now with no consequence. Which is a straight up lie. Which is a, which is a straight up lie. But yet, it works enough that I don't know, I've heard 50, roughly 50% of men and like 35% of women struggle with it. Okay? That's most people in the world, okay? That's lots of people. And the fastest growing group is the women. Alright? It is temptation. And it gives a real response. 
a chemical response, in fact. In your brain, there's satisfaction. And it becomes addiction. Sounds like a drug. Well, guess what? There's another temptation. Because what is the point of a drug? Why do people take drugs? Sometimes, but why do people take, continue to become addicts of drugs? What is it that it fulfills? And what's the lie? Well, most people take certain drugs that make them feel better about themselves. Like okay. Not prescription drugs. Like, not prescription but, drugs. But I mean like steroids. Okay, but way even more than that. What makes a crack addict go back? Now, eventually, it's the the high, right? Yeah. But, but what gets people doing drugs in the beginning? What gets people drinking alcohol in the beginning at a party? Why do, why do people do it? Because everybody else is. And why do they want to do it? Because they want to fit in. Because they feel like maybe either they're lonely or they don't feel good about themselves or there's a hundred reasons. And what are they trying to do? They're trying to say, ooh, I want to fit in. They're going to try and fill that void. They're going to try to fill the void. Absolutely. And, yep, all those things work. And that's their temptation, which is no better than anybody else's temptation. Everyone has Alright? So that temptation, they try to fill something. And the lie is, if you do this, you'll feel better. You'll fit in. You'll and and that's not God's plan. What's God's plan? Mm-hmm. About that. Not to do it. It's bad, it's wrong. No, what's God's plan? I get he said don't do it, but what's his plan for you when you feel when you don't like you don't fit in, or you don't feel good about yourself. That he'll make you better in the future, but you just gotta try and understand it for now. That you go to God, okay? And nobody you go to God anyway. for this. Different. Well, and that's that is true. That is true. All right. So you're looking for satisfaction now. Temptation is varied, also. So let's go to First John chapter two, verse sixteen. As we look at three types of temptation. Alright. First John chapter two, verse sixteen. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Okay? So here's three kinds of temptation. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh and the pride of life. That's what this world offers. Lust of the eyes. Now, your obvious one is pornography, right? That's the obvious one. What are the other ones that aren't so obvious? Lust of the eyes. What does what lust of the eyes mean? Yep, so we talked about the sex side, but there's other things that people are tempted with. Lots of things. Um, like, ooh, that looks really pretty, I want it, like an item. Yep, so people are tempted for to 
desire more and, and riches becomes a thing. Wealth becomes something. Power. Envy is a big thing. Okay? And here's how subtle it is. Like, ooh, I, want I can go on my social media platform and I could post all the very most perfect pictures of my life. And people be envious, like, I want that. How come he gets to have that? People don't post the worst days of their life often on there, right? They post the little thing their husband did for them once in 53 years, okay? Or they post a picture of a perfect plate of chocolate chip cookies, and then they post this little thing about, um, oh, flowers on the table, and look at my house, it's beautiful, it's probably a mess everywhere around it, or has been for the last 10 years, but look at these flowers on the table. That house is just amazing, okay? That is a very subtle way that people are doing. Now, there's a, there's a two-way street on there, two temptations. Number one is the person that's viewing it says, hey, Ma, how come my life can't be like that? Why can't I have the picture for black? I have seen people talk about other people like that and say, like wait a minute, you guys go out and do that. I don't get to do that. And they bring that home. And they say, how come they get to do that and I don't get to do that? How come they're always popular? Well, guess what? It's not really true, necessarily. Yeah, like how come So what's the happy? other, what's the other subtle piece? What's the other one? That was the lust of the eyes of the person that looks. What's the other temptation that's involved here? The pride of life. The pride of life. Whoa! So it's very subtle. The very same thing that's happening is yeah, saying, like, look, look, what, look what I have. It's, ama it's amazing. I do good things. I do amazing things. All right? So as we look at these things and we say, so the lust of the eyes is a subtle thing that has most to do with your mind. Your battlefield and temptation is in your mind. Yeah, That's I, where you win it or lose it. Right there. The lust of the eyes, okay? The pride of life means that I put myself above other people. I think more highly of myself. I act better than other people. I put myself in a better place. Yeah, like, Here's another thing to pay attention to. All of the things that we looked at for the last, I don't know, eight weeks or whatever about the fruits of the Spirit... These three things are the opposite of those. The lust means I want it now. Lust is not just a sexual thing. Lust is I desire this now. Or in other words, how come I can't buy what I want oh, right so basically now? basically it's like a so results kind of thing. It's anything. It's, it's a credit card world. That's lust, Right? That means I can't afford it. I can't afford it, but I'm going to buy it anyways because I want it. And I should have it now. That basically sounds like greed more than lust. It is. Lust says, give me what I want now, which is greed. Greed is a form of lust. Okay? So then the lust of the flesh. So what's the lust of the flesh? All right, then, then please sip it for a while, okay, please? Let other people get a chance to talk. 
What is the lust of the flesh? It's more than just sex. There, I said it. Holy cow, okay? Now let's move on. What else? There's more. Like plastic surgery, like you want to be. Could be. Yeah, that could be. Looks and things. Barbie, yes, it could be that. All right. How about, and, and you're getting it, let's, let's think of this. I'm going to put this word, animal. And I don't mean the Muppets, and I don't mean anything. I mean this. Subtle lust of the flesh is, that woman is prettier than I am. It's very subtle. But how many people don't feel good about themselves? How many people don't feel good about the way they are? How many people are perfectly content about the way they look? Every part of their body. <laughs> right, right. And that's, that, is, that is one of the pieces to be careful of because God says, you are my special creation. Right? I created you the way I created you. Okay? And everybody wants to be thinner, taller, more muscular, bigger this, smaller that, whatever, okay? I wish my hair was this way. I wish I had curly hair if I had straight hair. I wish I had straight hair if I had curly hair. I wish I had long hair if I had short hair. And then as soon as you get the long hair, you cut it off, right? Because I wish I was shorter. I don't like this, okay? So there is something that you have to be careful of. It comes, there's a very deep piece of of temptation that comes out and this is what it is. Discontent. One of the deepest, yeah, one of the very deepest pieces and subtle pieces that Satan uses and it takes a while to get there is being discontented with your life. Contentment, Paul says, I've learned to be content whether I have a lot or have a little. And it says, in the Bible, it says, godliness with contentment is great gain. If you can learn to be content in whatever situation you're in, okay, in Philippians, Paul talks about it. Philippians 4, I think, is the chapter. Uh, verses 11 through 13, we won't, we won't go there now, but contentment is a huge temptation for people to just be discontent about things. It's slow, it's a little angry, it's a little, how come I don't get this? It's, my life could be better, I'm smarter than this, I'm better than this, I don't deserve this, I want more, how come my family's this way, how come my house is this way, how come I don't have money this, and, and on and on it goes, it, it will eat you alive. That sort of sounds like jealous. It will. It will. No, it's, it's, it's deeper. It is something that a Christian struggles greatly with, oftentimes. Not being content with what they have. And I don't just mean physical things. I mean who they are and everything. Okay? And then the pride of life. Okay, that comes in to play, all these things. But when you get, when you're not content 
with what you have or who you are, it leaves something empty inside and you keep thinking, I should have more. I should get more. I need to be more. I need to, I desire more. I just want more out of life. Can't there be something more than this? Right? Be careful. Be careful because it drives your life. All right? Comparison. When you do that, you start comparison, comparing others, what they have, what you have. Be careful. Another subtle thing. The pride of life, the lust of the flesh, those animal tendencies. What else? Besides the sex, the animal tendencies are laziness. Right? That's me. Don't move. I'm not going to move. I don't need to move. Right? I'm going to do as little as I can. Right? I want more. I need more. I want it now. Another part of it is food. And I don't just mean just eating too much. There's a piece of that too. But there are people who they spend their lives about food. What are we eating next? What are we doing next? I've got to have the best of this. I've got to have the best of that. I've got to try. And it's fine to enjoy food. But be aware it does not become a temptation in your life to be most important. Okay? All right. So, again... There are a hundred things that can come to you. Another thing is procrastination. Oh, like, uh, I'll do this later, or I'll do that now. That's what procrastination is. Procrastination is a temptation. Anxiety. Anxiety is another piece. Yep, yep. Just let let me finish, okay? Anxiety is a piece that is big in many people's lives because they worry that next thing's not going to be there. That things aren't going to be taken care of. It is sinful to live your life in worry. Okay? To act and live your life in worry and have anxiety about things because what is God's plan? God's plan is that you trust in Him. He says, you can't add one inch to your height by worrying. So don't trust in God. And Satan says, maybe you can control it if you worry about it. You can't do that, though. You can't. And that's the lie. As you start to think, Man, maybe I can control this. If I hold this, and I do this, and I do this, and I do this, and I do this. And I've seen people turn into monsters when they have a party at their house. Or something like that. Like, who is this person? And why are you so mean? <laughs> right? Two days before this party, and you are treating everybody in this house terribly. Because you've got things to do. I'm my You're busy right? schedule, and I'm treating everybody nasty because yeah. I've got things to do, and everybody get out of my way. Okay? Yeah, you go to this, and you go yep. So, there gets to be when people have a need for control. And God says, release it to me. Trust me. Don't try to control things. Alright? These are all done in your mind. All these battles are in your mind. Not anywhere else. Okay? So you have the physical things. You have the things that are taken into your mind where you look and you see and you want and you desire. You have the things that are all about the way you feel about yourself, the pride of life. Okay? And then the problem is you go up And bang, you mess up and you fall. And what does that happen? What happens in it? Uh, Isaiah 59.2 says that when you sin, you feel separated 
from God. You feel separated. And when you get separated, you don't feel close to God. You feel like there's disconnect. And all of a sudden, you're, you feel worse. And guess what Satan does? He says, that's right, and you're worth nothing. You might as well just give up. You might as well just give up because you're not worth it. And many times people go back in into the cycle. They back into that cycle again and again and again. And that's how people get in those cycles of addictions and things like that because they feel worse the more they do, the more the worse they feel, and the more they want to medicate themselves, and the worse they feel because they fall again. And then they say, I want to I want to cover this up because I feel terrible about myself. And they do it again and again and again. Okay, And it's those types of things, whether it be drugs or alcohol or pornography or whatever it is that they go to to medicate. They feel bad about themselves, and so they try to cover it up because that separation that they feel first from God, it's guilt. But that's not what God says to do. Break the cycle then and there. Stop it then and there. And 1 John 1, nine says, if we confess our sins... God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, as you break the cycle there immediately and then start out. I have one quote to finish up here as we think the last little bit. When you feel like you've fallen and been tempted a thousand times and you've fallen again and again and again, whether it be with your anger or anxiety or whether you, you struggle with comparison with other people or you're just discontent about life, all those things, or, or any of the others. When you feel like that, here is from C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity. Here's how you feel. Here's how I've felt lots. You must ask for God's help. Even when you have done so, it may seem to you for a long time that no help or less help than you need is being given. Never mind. After each failure, ask forgiveness, pick yourself up, and try again. Very often, here's the key to it, very often what God first helps us towards is not the virtue itself, or not not to fix the temptation itself, but just with this power of always trying again. Always getting up and going back that is what a Christian is. He doesn't give up. He doesn't say, I'm done. I can't do this. He stands back up and said, I believe God forgives me. I don't feel it always because I feel pretty rotten about myself. But I know that he has said that if I confess to him, he will forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And so I get back up out of the dirt and wipe myself off and I go back to God and try again. There is much value in the virtue of being tenacious about things. Keeping on trying to get hold on one second. Tenacious about holding on, trying again, keeping going, and not giving up. All right? That's one big piece with temptation. Now, next week, we'll continue. We'll talk more about uh, what it means to get out of it.
Okay, there's lots of bad stuff in it. But how do you get out of it? How do you keep from it? How do you protect from it in the future? Okay, we'll talk about that, strategies and things next week.